Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of one of your favorite podcasts, One Two Review, the movie review show where we rate and review movies in the simplest way possible. We give the movie one point if we did not like it. We give the movie two points if we did. We rate and review movies until we get to 20 points, and then we call it a day. I'm here with my buddy Brandon. Say hello, Brandon. Hey, Alex. Good to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you. Folks, let us kick that intro. All right, folks, we're here to rate and review movies, and we got one for you right now. What happens when you're an aging car salesman and you get an opportunity to take a drug deal? You could win everything or you could lose it all. Well, we found out what happens because we saw Sam Neill in the movie In the Company of Wolves, the 2019 film directed by Judith Cleveland. What did you think about In the Company of Wolves, Brandon? Well, I got to be honest, I'm excited to talk about this movie. This is the type of movie that I like. It's the type of movie that you don't see very often in theaters anymore. It's kind of a quiet character study uh, with some intense thriller action moments just kind of thrown in there. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a really exciting kind of twist in that uh, Judith Cleveland, the director, has been doing mostly kids films. She did one of the Harry Potter films. And then besides that, she's done the whole Candyland series, almost all the films in that. Uh, and this is kind of her first foray into the adult uh, world of cinema, I suppose. And I would say she knocks it out of the park. Um, when looking at kind of the synopsis of this film or even watching one of the trailers, uh, it's hard not to see kind of elements of Breaking Bad in it. You know, this older gentleman that is not in the drug business, but kind of breaks bad and, and starts doing drugs is, is kind of what the film uh, presents itself to be. However, right in the theater, quite the contrary. What we have is a slow building first two acts where Sam Neill really just acts his heart out as a salesman struggling day to day trying to sell cars. And then all of a sudden he meets the right person buying the right car. He finds some drugs in the car. He has to get involved. He has his big chance. And really the action doesn't take place until the final 20 minutes of the film. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really pops off there. I mean, there's one earlier scene. I love the scene. Uh, Rob the Samoa is the character's name. And there's this great scene when Rob the Samoa comes in uh, to the dealership and like beats the shit out of Sam Neill in the bathroom. And I just, the moment I like about this, not, not that violence, but the way, so uh, uh, he leaves and it's just Sam Neill and Sam Neill cleans himself up in the bathroom. He goes out on the sales room floor and he starts selling these cars. And there's just this, these amazing glances in his eyes, these moments as he's talking about window wipers and, you know, upholstery in the car where you can see his like rage building as well as the pain from him getting beat up. Like not only the physical pain, but like the whole, I can't say enough about Sam Neill's work in this as well as Ronnie uh, Rosario, who plays his wife in it. She does some incredible work as well. Uh, I'm just floored by mostly the acting in this film. The tension is thick, and it is accompanied with a very nice score, actually done by Radiohead. This movie is just full of so many, so many treats. Oh, Carrot Top is in it, doing a very serious role. Like, that was such a surprise. Like, it's just a small, minor part, but, like, I mean, anyone that knows Carrot Top knows he's been getting jacked. He's he's a huge yeah. dude these days. He plays a and very believable bodybuilder. A very scary bodybuilder guy, you know, a, a very steroided up guy. And, like, you know, his eyes are buggy, and he's great. And, and just, again, somehow Judith Cleveland's direction is incredible, and the way she was able to kind of lasso this cast together is impressive. Uh, I'm ready to rate this thing, if you are. Absolutely. Um, I'm giving In the Company of Wolves two solid points. It's a tremendous film. 
Yeah, this is a movie that makes me excited to see what else Judith offers in the future. Uh, very awesome film. Two points. Great. Uh, so each, uh, that is uh, four points for In the Company of Wolves. Each week on One to Review, we rate and review movies till we get to 20 points. And to keep track of those 20 points, we always have a different scorekeeper. This week is no different. This week we are telling you about the 20 best things that you can get at the 99 cent store. 99th episode, 99 cent store. It made sense to us. Uh, so I'll start. I'll tell you about my two favorite things from the dollar store that you can get. Uh, first one for me is the Spanish rice spice pack. Uh, this is great. It's, it's you know, you get three packs of seasoning in there. You know, you don't get the rice. You're going to have to buy that elsewhere. Uh, but this can enhance rice like no one's business. I love it. It's stuff. mild and peppery. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the other, my favorite thing at the 99 cent store is you can get the half-size Sharpie. Uh, you know, it's only half-size, but that 99 cent, a real Sharpie costs almost $2. So the deal you're getting there is uh, about even, but it's still, you know, when you need a Sharpie, those ones are nice. They fit in pockets. So a uh, big fan of half-size Sharpie. Yeah, these are products that are economical and a great deal because the cool thing about the half-size Sharpie is it's actually the same amount of ink and it's more handy. And you're paying less for it when you get it at the 99 cent store. So cha-ching. Very true. Two things that I always pick up when I go to the 99 cent store, I always pick up dog poop bags. Mm -hmm. I personally don't own a dog. I have a cat, so I use them as litter disposal. Mm -hmm. And I could go to the pet store and they're what, three, four ninety-nine, but here at the 99 cent store, you know the deal. 99 cents. Cha-ching. You know what the nice thing about that? You can use those as gloves too. You know, finger more like a mitten. But I, I use a lot of dog poop bags to make sandwiches for other people, stuff like that. So you know, it's just it's a small bag, is what it is, and totally uh, very versatile, very colorful too. Often at the bodegas around my house. Another handy product I always try to pick up when I go to the ninety-nine cent store because you can get it elsewhere for more money is hand sanitizer. There's often multiple brands. Some of them vary in quality. My favorite that I'm always going to recommend is Deacon's hand sanitizer. That's the one with the uh, like moisture beads. Mm -hmm. And and you know what? Funnily enough, uh, we both happen to uh, use uh, Deacon's hand sanitizer in the recent past. So uh, we figured it'd be a good idea, but we might as well uh, just review Deacon's hand sanitizer. You know, while we're here. Yeah, Deacon's hand sanitizer actually established in 1993 out of Oakland, California is a hand sanitizer that offers a variety of tropical scents as well as moisture beads embedded within the product itself. Yeah, and so I've got a couple things to say about the moisture beads. Um, uh, at first, I was confused. You know, I hadn't really seen that. I thought, you know, with these little tapiocas in here, they're little blue balls. Uh, well, some of them are red, depending on what one you get. But uh, yeah, these are moisture balls, they say. And what kind of happens is these will be laid after you apply the hand sanitizer. Those moisture balls will... Uh, persist on your skin for a minute or so until the membrane breaks down when it comes in contact with the air and those then will burst open they're full of water and then so they rehydrate you not huge drops they're you know almost microscopic but i found it very effective super effective and i personally enjoy the pineapple one with the pink moisturizer balls yeah yeah um i'd say the deacon's uh, hand sanitizer is great in the container. I like this the sleek design here. It's uh, oval shaped, kind of almost feels like um, like a smashed uh, Hawaiian roll or something. It's kind of that shape here, and you can feel the plastic is uh, sturdy on it, see through plastic, so you can see all the moisture beads in there. And then I had a really, really easy time with the spout. Um, 
pushing it down some lotions, some creams like that, you'll get too much shooting out. Sometimes you don't get enough. Uh, I found per pump a pretty perfect um, consistency or, or ratio per pump. Absolutely. Sometimes with these products, I throw them in my bag often and the dispenser itself will become lodged or jammed or sometimes, in fact, the product itself will clog the dispensary element. And for me, that is just frustrating. So <clears throat> Deacon's has nailed the art of engineering. And we won't get into them all because there's too many, but Deacon's has 32 different, uh, they call them flavors, but uh, scents, I suppose, is what we might call them. And they have 32 mods, they say, as well. And each of those mods is some sort of a reapplicator of the moisture beads in some way that they're uh, utilized in different sorts of ways. There's also the abrasive one that'll like dig in and, in fact, antibacterialize like the second layer of your skin, so... That's super effective as well. And and if you're wanting that explains why on every Deacon's bottle says Deacon's 32 by 32. That's their combination or whatever to show you how many possible hand sanitizers you can kind of create by using their mods as well as their flavors. Um, I think I'm ready to rate this thing if you are, Brandon. Anything else you want to say about Deacon's? Uh, yeah, which particular flavor and uh, variety are we going to... We're just going to do the classic mild, the 99 cent store? I mean... The clear one? Yeah, that might be best. I was going to say we should review the product overall, but because they're so specific, yeah, we should probably just do one. So let's do the basic without moisture uh, or without lotion beads in it, with just the moisture beads, the clear. Yeah, the clear. Yeah. Okay. Great. The unflavored one or what one? Yeah, mild. Okay, mild. Yeah, great. Awesome. Uh, yeah, then for sure. Uh, hmm, not for sure, I guess. I was going to give it two, but if we're using that specific one, the mild, I'm going to say a, a one. I enjoy the different mods with the beads. And so if I had to just take this one, I'm going to give it a one. However, caveat, Deacon's hand sanitizer as a company gets a solid two. But this specific one, a one. Absolutely. But still a good deal at the dollar store. I 100% agree with you, Alex. Uh, the mild is still good. It's effective. Don't get me wrong. But compared to the other 31, it definitely gets a one point. So. Excellent. Okay, that is two points for Deacon's hand sanitizer. So each week I want to review, we have a different way of keeping track of our points, and this week is no different. Uh, this week we are going to be telling you about the uh, 20 hot new paperback books now available that, you know, these are fresh novels that have just come out this year uh, or maybe end of last year. Uh, so let's get into those. Uh, Brand, do you have a hot paperback to tell us about for your one point for Deacon's hand sanitizer? Yeah, I know we just recently did our book club episode, but these are a little different. These are lighter kind of paperback novels. My vote is for McQuevin's Quick Stories. These are quick mysteries that are made actually for reading on uh, transit. And for me, I read this on the subway often. You know, they're fun. They're like five minute mysteries and they often involve like subways or boats or automobiles. So they're fun. Yeah, some of these are so short, so easy to read. I really love that. So uh, yeah, that's a great new paperback. Uh, for my one point, I'm going to be talking about, uh, I'm going to tell you guys about the Angina Control. Uh, this is a new Steve Adler's book. It's a political thriller. Um, an excellent book. In fact, we both, I think, had a chance to read the Angina Control. And we figured it might be a good idea to just uh, review this thing real quick, you know, since we both got it and we review books sometimes, uh, people might be interested in this. And since we have deeper understanding, here we go. So, Brandon, what did you think of the Angina Control? I really love the Angina Control. For me, this is a type of book that you can't put down. The end of each page literally, like, forces your hand to turn the next one. It, mm -hmm. You know, they just the way it's written is so well-paced that it's... You know, it is one of those books that you just cannot put down. 
Yeah, so a quick synopsis of the angina control. Uh, the angina strain is a disease that Adler has written about in previous books. This book, however, is unrelated. There is, you know, it's it takes place in his world. But um, in this one, we've got a uh, uh, gallant Prouse, and he is a special agent, father of two. And uh, the angina strain has been released in New York City, where his family is. Uh, he has to go into the city not only to rescue his daughters, but he also has to locate patient zero so they can get him uh, to the CDC and find the cure for the angina strain. Yeah, like you said, a page turner for sure. This thing is a fast read. Uh, and for a 300 page book, that's impressive because I was able to crunch this thing out in two afternoons. Yeah, you know, being in New York City on a daily basis, I go into Manhattan, seeing some of these set pieces visualized uh, in my head was just simply outstanding. You know, yeah. sure, the it's descriptive and the writing is well done. But, you know, actually being in some of these places, you know, you have, sure, the iconic Times Square, but you also have things like Chinatown and Lower Manhattan. There, There is a scene uh, that is so scary to me. There's the scene in Washington Park where he's 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 almost tracked down the patient zero and that guy comes or no no the two kids that's it it's not the guys the two kids that come out with the yeah. bleeding eyes and they fall on him and you know he's like that was the writing it's like he looked upon her eyes and saw within her his own his own daughter and like uh, i don't know man just having having two children that look like your children come out after you've just rescued them but not sure exactly where they are there's moments in this novel that were just heart pounding for me and frightening my only complaint about the angina control would be that it's lack of humor. And I don't know if that is so much of a complaint as just as I could have enjoyed a little bit of uh, levity sometimes. A hundred percent. Another thing that we, you should know uh, as a listener about the angina control is Galen Prowse, the, the special agent in this novel, it has been written about in another Stephen Adler's novel. He's a minor, minor character in Decovery. Um, and then he is also, Stephen Adler is going to be writing two more Galen Prowse books. Because for me also, Galen is such an engaging character. You know, he's this guy that used to be a taxi driver and then he worked uh, as a bookbinder for a while and then he becomes the special agent. So he brings to the job so many little wonderful quirks that uh, really pay off for him in his interactions with not only, uh, you know, the violent characters in the book, but as well as the sympathetic characters. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the choices he has to make are so difficult, and I couldn't imagine being in them, but I certainly enjoy reading them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't it. have you much more to reading? say. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So Angina Control, like I said, fast page turner, two afternoons, man. I wish it took me three afternoons because I would have enjoyed more time with this book. Uh, two points. Adler's at it again. Yeah, this is, you know, a, a great entry into the Adler universe. Definitely check out the Angina Control. Hopefully they make a movie of this someday, but uh, two points. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, so that is four points for the Angina Control. Each week I want to review. We have a different way of keeping score of the points, adding up to our ultimate 20 points when we call it a day. Um, this week is no different. This week we are talking about the 20 um, best summer fruits. Uh, some of these fruits are newer fruits. Some of these are classics. Uh, but we're going to be telling you about the 20 best summer fruits. Uh, so uh, for my two points, I want to tell you about the blue melon. This is... Uh, 
almost a fantastical thing. It almost seems unreal, but this is basically a watermelon, but、uh, Japan has found a way to make them blue instead of green.、Uh, it's a very cool. I mean, you get them here in America too. You can get them at、uh, Ralph's and Vaughn's and Dylan's and all those places.、Uh, it's just a blue melon. Inside's still red. It's delicious.、Um, and then for my second point, I want to just tell you about black cherries. I love black cherries, and you know they only come around in the summer. They're very expensive,、uh, but worth every penny. Those are my two summer fruits. Summer fruits are an interesting topic for me because often I find the best summer fruit is a fruit that it blooms only in winter, and by winter I mean the depths of hell, and that's the durian fruit.、Mm. Durian fruit is the type of fruit that you whip out in public and immediately everybody runs away. And for me, that works great in the park in the summertime. I can simply whip out a durian and then I get the whole lawn to myself. Uh-huh. A very stinky summertime fruit. Absolutely, nothing wrong with that though. To counter that, I'm going to say a dragon fruit. Dragon fruits are awesome. They are shaped super cool, and they also are easy to open, and they are mess-free. And I love the citrus sweetness of a dragon fruit. Um, and the fact is that we were both able to、uh, partake in a little bit of dragon fruit this week.、Uh, there is a company called Killians that owns a whole orchard of dragon fruits, and they actually sent us a box of their dragon fruit, hoping we would promote them. And we did promote them, not because they sent them, but because we loved them.、Uh, and in fact, so much so that we wanted to take this opportunity to review a little bit of Killians dragon fruit, if that would be okay with all of you.、Uh, Brandon, what did you find by me? Yeah, what did you think of Killian's dragon fruit? I know you're a big dragon fruit fan in general.、Uh, what did Killian's bring or did not bring、uh, that you're used to? Killian's is definitely an acquired taste for the dragon fruit. They're slightly a little bit、uh, tangier, almost sour notes occasionally.、Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised we got a box from them this early in the season. They're typically not ripe yet, and maybe that played a part into their sourness.、Mm-hmm. Um, But I did enjoy them, and I think you know, accompanying like a nice,、uh, solid iced tea, it's、mm-hmm. quite refreshing. Yeah, I, I I honestly very much enjoyed the sour. I was not expecting it. My dragon fruit experience in the past has been a pretty、uh, sweet experience,、uh, but I was I was very into the sour flavor. What I would say was the negatives of the Killians, and again, this might be because they were fresh or, or you know not quite ready. It was a thick fruit, a very、um, uh, stringy maybe is the way or, or sinewy. Very tough. It almost to cut felt like seventy percent skin. You had to really、yes. cut in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt you know、uh, sometimes you you get a chicken or a、uh, a piece of chicken and there's just whatever. There's not enough meat on it. It's it's like a underdeveloped, and it felt like maybe these were. And I'm not sure again if that's Killian's brand or if that's if these were just a, a bunk fruit. But I would imagine they would send us kind of the best they had. So this might、know. just be what Killian's is.、Um, in which case, it's a thick but deliciously sour fruit. Maybe the thick. Ness of its skin aids in its portability.、Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the coloring of Killian's、uh, dragon fruit? You know, hard to say with as we're saying them being maybe unripened, but they were quite of、uh, quite、uh, orangish. I would say beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful pigment. I I do watercolors, and it it definitely caught my eye, and you know, kind of made me look at my paints and try to find the similar color, and I really didn't have it. So、uh, I'd say there's something really、uh, special about that to see a color that I don't have kind of access to, if that makes sense. It was it was a very ripe,、um, very vibrant red or orange. Sorry. Yeah, the cool thing about the 
dragon fruit is the top half is green and then the bottom half is orange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about the spines? Were they too sharp? Not long enough? Um, yeah, how did you feel? Well, I don't know if you noticed, but when you open the box, there's that spine removal like tool. So that made mm-hmm. it pretty easy. It's cardboard, but it is actually pretty handy. You just stick it in the top and then you can pull the spine out. So they didn't yeah. bother me. I had never seen that before. And I've been eating dragon fruit when I was a kid. We used to eat it. And my dad would do it as an old can opener. There's like a trick. You can use the can opener and take out the, the spines on there. But the, the cardboard, uh, that thing, it was kind of a genius invention. I really enjoyed it. Solid engineering. Uh, you want to give a rating to Killian's dragon fruit? I am absolutely ready to give it a rating. Uh, as much as I enjoy dragon fruit, um, I'm going to say I, I I enjoy Golby's dragon fruit a lot more than Killian's. Um, and so I got to give Killian's a one point, unfortunately. Still a good dragon fruit. And if you like dragon fruit, then, then eat this up. And, you know, uh, there's so many different kinds of dragon fruit that I recommend everyone try them all. Um, so try Killian's, but I, unfortunately, at the end of the day, have to give it one point. Thank you for sending the box, Killians. We definitely appreciate it. You are going to get a one point from me. Not to say that it's a terrible product, but I do agree. Colby's is much better. Yeah, wonderful. All right, that is two yes. points for Killian's Dragon Fruit. So each week on One to Review, we have a different way of keeping score, uh, keeping track of our 20 points. Uh, eventually, we call it a day when we get to the end of that. But this week, we are keeping track by telling you about the 20 best pet products on the market right now. Uh, Brandon, do you have a pet product that you want to tell us about? Man, I have a problem. Late at night, sometimes when I can't sleep, I hop on Amazon and I think, what's Cheeks going to like? I love my cat to death, and I do often buy him gimmicky toys on Amazon. Uh, I'll tell you two products. Wait, one product? One product. Just one for you, yeah, yeah. Just actually the other week, Doovie's Auto Laser Cat Toy arrived. I set that up. It requires two AA batteries. We set it on the floor, and it does a little laser pointer but it spins it around randomly and frantically, and I feel like he he enjoys that while I'm away. Oof, cats love those doobies, for sure. Um, for my one point, uh, I want to talk about the Kobe Cat Comb. Uh, this is a, a pretty amazing little cat comb, uh, kind of uh, revolutionary in a couple of ways, uh, so much so that uh, I think yeah, it's important I, that we review this I used it. comb. And yes, I used it as well. And so we we should take this opportunity to probably review it. Um, so that's, uh, let's talk about Kobe's cat comb. Uh, Brandon, what did you think about it? How did it treat you? How did it treat cheeks or cat? Uh, what do you think? Kobe's cat comb is a pretty unique product. It is like a three step combing process, but it's all built into one handle. So you got kind of multiple positions. You can put the multiple, you know, cutting combs at but yeah, you just kind of rub it on him. He gets used to it. But then at the end, you have this huge fur ball, and it's mostly like under hair. And I think it works great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'd say this thing is light, um, incredibly light, uh, which is normally in a tool, uh, very kind of distressing and a sign of flimsiness or cheap uh, production. Weakness, yeah. But this is not the case at all. This thing has Saigon uh, aluminum in it which is a new alloy created out of Saigon. And this thing is light and it is flexible and incredibly durable. And I I just want everything in my life to be made out of um, this Saigon aluminum. Could you imagine a world? I enjoy not only that this thing is a standalone product that works, but I also love that this can attach the Kobe Cat back and you can use it to not only... Um, 
you know, pet your cat, but also to remove dander. You can put it on a low setting there. So while you're brushing, it's also going to be pulling uh, dander from your cat. And I found that incredibly useful, uh, as well as to lighten the load of fur in uh, my house and in, you know, my uh, lint trap, for example. Uh, and, and it actually gave me a hot tip on the back. It said, give a treat to your cat while you comb him. And then he gets used to it. And uh, he eventually enjoys getting combed. Yeah, I use Spicy Greenies, also a Kobe product. The Kobe Spicy Greenies is a little delicious treat for the cat. And I don't know, I'm not normally one uh, to go all in on a company. In fact, I kind of really hate that. Um, you know, I hate people that just have Sony products, that just have Whirlpool products, whatever, um, that just have uh, Bagley's products, whatever. Uh, but I'm a Kobe man as far as my cat goes. I got I got Kobe Spicy Greens. I got the Kobe Cat Comb. I got the Kobe Cat Vac. Um, all these things work together really well. And and you do find that, you know, when you're an Apple product man, you find that your, you know, your devices kind of sync together better. I feel like that's, that's how Kobe works. And if you want to go on it, they're expensive. Um, that's for sure. But you definitely are getting what you uh, put into it. Yeah, I couldn't say more myself. Uh, do you ready to rate this? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm giving the Kobe cat comb two huge, big um, kitty cat points. Excellent comb. Cheeks love it, and that's good for me. So two points from me and my cat. Great. That is four points for the Kobe yes. cat comb. Uh, each week on One to Review, you know, we have a different way of keeping track of the points, uh, eventually getting to 20 points. This week is no different. This week we are talking about the 20 best new Broadway musicals. Uh, a lot of you might be surprised that there are 20 new musicals. There is over 50 new Broadway musicals this year alone. Um, so we actually had to go through quite a few. Some of these, honestly, we have not seen. Um, so we're going off of kind of word of mouth. But um, I believe the sources that we got from, you know, some of my New York theater friends told me about their favorites so uh, i'll just get right into it so my you know the first one that i loved um that i did get to see was gang gang gangplank uh, a very fun pirate musical very light-hearted very fun wonderful dancing and group numbers um i very much enjoyed that musical the second musical i want to talk about is uh the traveling uh, traveling sister pants the musical this is not sisterhood of the traveling pants this is a kind of rude boy restructuring of it this is um kind of a twist in your face hot shots um airplane kind of lampoon of sisterhood of the traveling pants um but that said it has all of the energy all of the focus all of the love um and hard work that any other musical would have for for such a for such a flippant piece um i hear this thing is very great i have not seen it i'm looking forward to seeing it uh so traveling sister pants the musical those are my two points and uh, my two favorite new broadway musicals boy both of those are great um, I haven't seen Gang 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 Plank. I did listen to the original cast recording, and yeah, those are pretty cool. Fun songs. Yeah. Fun stuff. Really kind of kitschy. I'm a guy who's got my own ship. We can do it if you don't give me some lip. I mean, that one alone. Fucking, I sing that all day. And I love musicals, and this year I've seen a handful uh, of those. I would say my Two I want to talk about. I wouldn't say my favorite, but two I want to talk about are Godzilla, the musical. This is highly rated. It is one of the quote-unquote best musicals, but for me, this was highly divisive. I found no, the like, puppetry no, to no, be... No. I found the puppetry to be overwhelming the music, and for me, for a musical, I want the music to overwhelm me. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. A little distracting, but, um, but the thing that I think pushes that 
that uh, musical into one of the best is just the spectacle man uh, it's like a three was it three mil no three and a half mil budget on that thing or something it's oh, yeah. one of the most expensive musicals I've ever made um so you're gonna see some spectacle for sure you know Cirque du Soleil your, eat your heart out when the Mothra comes out from behind, you know, like a fan of a mo- opera style, that was truly, played, yeah, a truly Mothra's incredible by, moment. Mothra's played by six six acrobats um, to create the body alone. Um, an impressive show. But yeah, 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 definitely somewhat distracting. Maybe not my favorite, but it definitely fits in one of the best musicals of the year for sure. Yeah, just don't call it a musical and I'd be happy. One thing that I could definitely call a musical that I would be shocked if you told me was a musical because it sounds so outlandish, was Christian Slater's Cabaret of Strange Tales. This Uh, mm -hmm. fantastic piece is actually five fascinating, short musical presentations all in their own genre, all in their their different tone uh, from the mind of Christian Slater. And, and not only that, but Christian Slater himself, uh, apparently not, I wouldn't, I would not say fan of the podcast, but a, at least he's listened once or twice because he sent us two tickets to this show. Um, and Brandon and I were able to go out there and check out Christian Slater's Cabaret of Strange Tales. Uh, we talked to him a little bit after, like briefly, we are not in the know or whatever. I don't want to sound like we know Christian Slater, but we did talk to him for like one second after. And you know, we um, told him we, we were, would review. We were, we're going to review his show. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to take this just off do the that chain. now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we're just going to review Christian Slater's Cabaret of Strange Tales. Uh, I would love to do it so much. It was an excellent show. So, um, yeah, what what did you think, Brandon? What was your first, the first thing when you got out of the show, what was your first kind of, the word in your head, maybe? One word. It's like, pow! Which is like an onomatopoeia almost. It's like uh, mm-hmm. being hit over the head with a two-by-four or something. This you just feel took me punched. So, yeah, this punched. took me so it's off five guard. punches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one word, but yeah, this is an incredible piece. Five very tonally different, completely different genres of music uh, are explored to all tell five different stories. Uh, I don't know. There's the one where the guy turns into a stone. There's the baby that can see the future. What were some of your favorites, Alex? There's the super smart colony of bees, which I thought was that it's, it felt like that one felt like such a black mirror episode. Yeah. Um, but to be done on stage really well was amazing seeing the show yeah for sure seeing the show um reminded me of seeing like the twilight zone or the outer limits for the first time it it, like blew my mind to see those kind of tales put on a stage they seem uh, such products for cinema and for my television that to see you know live actors portray these wonderful you know sci-fi or just um magical kind of realism moments was a blast and the stage magic was amazing you know the guy that turns to stone his slow transformation is mostly makeup but the way the makeup artists are able to swirl on stage without almost being seen and add to his makeup as the show is going was uh, you couldn't almost notice it at all is very smooth and by the end you've got this man that's made of rock and it like that alone his the, the like image of him at the end with the lights and when he gets silhouetted was amazing you know he looks like this monolith and and i think for me that was really moving i feel I felt an kinship to him in that the way his career was turning him into a rock man, like not that I feel like I'm turning into a rock man, but I can see the analogy very clearly for, for, for men and women in this world. Yeah. It's a metaphor for being stagnant in life for not making choices or for repeatedly making the wrong choices over and over again. You can become stuck in your ways and uh, be that rock in the river and it just moves aside you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, I also enjoyed the tale. There's one about a clown on a train, which for me, like reading it, I kind of rolled my eyes in the program. They have these brief descriptions of each one. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Like that just sounds, you know, cause people have clown phobias and like, it just seemed easy in a sense, but that one was so frightening and not, it wasn't an easy freak out. Like it wasn't, no, it wasn't that they like clowns it. to scare me. Yeah. The clown was not the scary part of it. Um, I don't want to ruin that one at all. Uh, but the clown is the least of your worries. Uh, when you, when you start seeing, when you see this, when the scene opens up on a train, uh, and you see the clown, don't worry about the clown. It's going to get a lot worse. Um, and you know, I don't think we should talk about the fifth one at all because I think the surprise if you know of what anything is, about yeah. that. What I will say is, no, no, we shouldn't say. Don't anything. say. Anything, I, yeah. I will say that they all work together really well, um, and that you will be blown away uh, or at least delighted by the way that these pieces bleed into the fifth piece and the way that it really takes care of the rest of the story and really lands the plane in this uh, amazing way. Uh, it's an excellent film. And Christian Slater plays the narrator. He comes out, he talks, he's kind of, um, again, uh, similar to like a, a Twilight Zone-esque. Um, he introduces the story somewhat, but um, he's still acting in it. He's not himself. He's he's doing a character and he does that really well. Yeah, what an exciting night. Should we just rate it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, Christian Slater's uh, Cabaret of Strange Tales. Um, you know what? The one thing I will say, and I hate to say it, um, I think this show is too expensive. I think the tickets are too expensive. Tickets for the show are $135. Um, and what you, you get what you pay for, I promise. But I feel, unfortunately, that this is um, what I like to call inaccessible theater. Um, theater doesn't take care of the community in that way. And that's fine. Christian Slater, you know, he's making this show for people that have money there's no illusion there um there's plenty of theater for poor people in the world but i believe strongly with my theater degree that i have that theater should be accessible to all so i have to give this one unfortunately one point and and still blessings to christian for giving us the tickets i really appreciate it and i love the show um, but i have to give it one point for social reasons wow bold choice uh christian thank you so much for taking the time to at least shake our hand and send us the tickets, of course. I myself love the piece. This was exciting to see a genre bending. You know, theater meets television meets musical. Uh, two points, Christian. High five. Three points. Cool. So each week I want to review. We rate and review until we get to 20 points. And we call it a day. This week is no different. This week we are talking about our 20 favorite sponsors. So, uh, Brandon, do you have a favorite sponsor that you want to uh, start us off with? Yeah, for my first sponsor... Today's one-two review is brought to you by Dogs from Far Away from Far Away, the new book by Bradley Cooper. This book is a sequel to the coffee table book Dogs from Far Away, which is a collection of photos of dogs from a distance. The sequel book, Dogs from Far Away from Far Away, focuses on photos of dogs from foreign countries taken from a distance. Excellent shots here, beautiful camera work. Check out Dogs from Far Away from Far Away. And for my second point, from the most trusted brand in pillows, Dolgers, comes human hair pillows. Studies have proven that the softness of human hair soothes and eases people to sleep. All races, sexes, and religions, our hair is harvested without discrimination, unlike other human hair pillows. Where are you? Hair we are. Dolgers. 
Okay, and before I get to my point for my favorite sponsor of the year, my one point for Christian Slater's Cabaret of Strange Tales, uh, we thought we'd take a moment here to review the Dolger's Human Hair Pillow, since Brandon and I both had an opportunity to try it out. Um, so, Brandon, what did you think of Dolger's Human Hair Pillow? This is a product that was introduced to me probably two years ago, and I will say I travel with my Dolger's. This is a type of billow that, yeah, maybe you're disgusted when you first hear it's human hair. Maybe you're curious if you first hear it's human hair. But there is something magical about a human hair pillow. Yeah, first thing I want to say, this thing is not disgusting. (laughs) Absolutely not, no. This thing got so much backlash when it was first released. Um, Facebook destroyed it. Instagram tore it apart just as being a disgusting, um, unhygienic product. Uh, this thing is fine. It's absolutely fine. It's, you know, we, we use duck feathers and goose feathers and we use uh, sheep's wool. Um, it's the same thing. It's clean. It's human hair, but it's, it's clean hair and it's soft as the Dickens. My God. Yeah. I travel with mine as well. I have a small version of the Dolger's human hair pillow, the, the travel pillow. And I use it, like I said, religiously. I use it at airports. I use it at restaurants. I use it when I'm trying to go to sleep at a ball game. This is an excellent, excellent pillow. Um, and they're right. I feel soothed and eased my, when I lay my head upon. I can be stressed out at work, and I'll pull out my little Dolger's office pad, and I just kind of put my head on it lightly for about five minutes, and I get completely recharged. I, of course, have the travel one. The ostrich um, full hat, my, full head my, cover. Yes. My wife uses the, the Dolger's human hair body pillow when I'm not around, when I'm traveling, when I'm out reviewing things. Um, she snuggles up to that, and she swears by it. Um, there's no smell. That's another thing that the internet was, you know, angry about, that these things were going to smell, you know, smell like barbershops where some of the hair is collected, smell like... Um, you know, like dirty hair or even smell like different shampoos. They put all of the hair through a process that kind of takes any sort of odor out of it, um, any oils, any greases. Like I said, this thing is a solid, clean, clean, clean product. A couple of questions that I always get asked when people say, oh, what do you think about adulterers? Uh, I always say, I bet you're curious about what color the hair is inside. And it's a mix. It's a variety. You get red hair, you get blonde hair, you get brown hair. Uh, which is kind of cool if you ever cut one open. Another fun fact is do not let a Dolger's human hair pillow catch on fire. That smells Oof. terrible. That, that is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard, I saw the, the there's an Instagram story of a guy that, uh, and just, you, I mean, you can't smell it in the story, but you can see the reaction in it. I think it's probably atrocious. Um, yeah, another thing that unfortunately probably needs to be said, uh, just since we're reviewing it, we want to give all these products a full kind of, um, I don't know, breakdown. Uh, there is no pubic hair. There is no um, armpit hair, No, just no body hair of any kind. It's it's exclusively head human hair. head hair. Um, uh, and like I said, some of it, it's collected in many different ways. There's a lot of it is donated. Um, a lot of it is unused stuff from wigs. You know, Locks of Love will take uh, donated hair. They will turn into wigs for people, um, for, for children that have cancer. Uh, the scraps from that are sent to Dolgers as well. Um, so for me, it's also like a nice, I really enjoy the idea of kind of using every part of the buffalo, so to speak. And I love to not waste the human hair. Um, it makes perfect sense to be, to be using it and to keep it. So I'm glad Dolgers is 
places out there doing it, even though, like I said, they've, get, they've just been getting so much shit. Um, and it's unfortunate because they're a solid company. They've been in New England for 16 generations. It's, you know what they're doing. Absolutely. I am ready to rate this product. Are you ready yeah. to rate this product? 110%. I give the Dolger's hair pillow uh, two solid points. Love, like, don't. Don't be mean to this thing anymore. This poor pillow. I love it to death and I highly recommend it. Two points. I am absolutely going to give this two points as well. This is a type of pillow. Yeah, I said I travel with it. That's not normal. You don't do that with your everyday pillow. Definitely two points for your adult. Four points. Great. So each week I want to review, we keep track of our 20 points in a different way. This week is no different. This week we are telling you about the 20 best pickup lines. So, for my two points for the Dolger's Human Hair Pillow, I'll be telling you about two of my favorite pickup lines. First one I got for you here is, um, if you were a fruit, you'd be a fine apple. And I hate that one. That's terrible. They're all terrible. Pickup lines are terrible in general. Have you ever had a pickup line work, Alex? No, but I just, we have a list here, and this is not one I put on there that I just read. So, I'm a little uh, bummed that I read that one because that one's crap. Um, but here's one that I did actually find on my own, and I do like this one. Uh, my second pickup line for my second point is if beauty were time, you'd be eternity. Um, I just find that a very uh, beautiful thing to say to someone. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's telling them that they are infinite, basically, in their beauty. I think that's a, a powerful statement. Yeah, for me, it comes off a little like too. I'm smarter than you. I know all about time and big words and concepts. Eternity is like a big word for sure. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just want to. I want to come off like a normal everyday guy. I don't want to intimidate. You don't want to intimidate people with your right. big old brain right away. You know. Right. Pickup lines are very tricky. One that I often think is very overlooked is a simple hi. Mm-hmm. This is the sort of thing that you can do anywhere, and if it goes wrong, it's really not that awkward. Yeah, and the nice thing about the high is I've made not only lovers with that pickup line, but I've made good friends. And, and you don't I've make friends with, it too. with some other pickup lines. You certainly don't. You got another one for us? For uh, your second point? Sure. I think pickup lines are often very helpful if they're situational. You know, let's say uh, some guys have a handful of pickup lines for the grocery store. Some people have a handful of pickup lines for dog walking. So let's say you're at the office. An easy pickup line you can do is, look, I know you're busy today, but can you add me to your to-do list? Really emphasize the do in list. Yeah, and uh, we were so fascinated with uh, this week's 20 best pickup lines that we decided to put uh, uh, one of them into practice. And so that is the one that we chose. Uh, Brandon and I both took, I know you're busy today, but can you add me to your to-do list out in the world? And we tried it out, and we are now going to take a moment to just rate and review uh, that pickup line. Um, So, Brandon, can you tell me a little bit about your experience using this pickup line? Uh, First of all, I know you're a married man, so... Um, that must be interesting also to be trying to kind of throw this around with no solid real intention behind it. Uh, how did it go? What did you think of this pickup line? Terribly, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't I don't know if I feel comfortable talking about this, but yeah, of course, I didn't have any actual intentions to have sex with this coworker. But I tried this at work, and not only did I get fired, but I got fired for something I actually didn't have intentions to do, you know? So for me, this pickup line cost me my job. I'm thankful my wife was understanding, 
but uh, no, not a cool pickup line. Yeah, um, this pickup line, when I first heard it, and and you know we we kind of decided to be using this one in the real world, I was uh, hesitant, you know, in the sense that some pickup lines edge towards you know can i go on a date with you you're pretty um you look nice tonight this one kind of jumps the gun from one to ten too quickly adding the idea of a, a do me uh you know to do implies I, I, at least for me and i'm pretty sure it's a it's a clear read that the doing is sexual activity of some kind so you know you're saying lightly i know you're you're not doing anything or i know you are busy today but can you squeeze in time to have sex with me and for me, it just came off a little hot, and I threw this around at a couple bars, um, and like you said, this one might be better for an office, but I don't really work in an office, so I didn't have a quite a busy place to apply this pickup line. So as you know, bar, like I said, and um, another thing I found is I was often at the bars at night, and the idea of saying, can you add me to your to-do list, What the feedback I got a lot of times is that a to-do list is kind of a morning thing. It's something that you start at the beginning of a day, and so for me to ask a girl you know, at 11.30, 10.45, whatever, to add me to your to-do list, they were saying it seems pretty last minute. It's hard to squeeze something in there. Like, you know, she's with her friends already or whatever. So I think this is also a morning pickup phrase. Very valid point. Mm -hmm. Let's rate it. Yeah, I, I've got to give this, you know, I got to give this two points because I had fun with it. Uh, it is not a good pickup line. I, I really want to say it's a one point, but because I don't use pickup lines, I had such joy in at least throwing it around and playing with it. Um, like I said, I think it's a little too R-rated, and it's a time of day, location-specific pickup line, but I still got to give it two points. You know, they're fun. They're fun stuffs. I had a really great job. This is a one-point pickup line. All right. So that is three points for uh, I know you're busy today, but can you add me to your do list? Uh, a pickup phrase that we were reviewing there. And so each week on one to review, we rate and review until we get to 20 points. Today is no different. Today we're going to be telling you about the uh, 20 best New England candles. These are candles that maybe are classic New England candles or maybe candles that you can get nowadays. A whole gambit of uh, time periods on these different candles here. So for my two points, I'm going to be telling you about two of my favorites. And first one is the Crab Claw, which I at first was a little, you know, eh, it's a little easy. These are New England candles, but and I am not a fan of crab, uh, crustacean, seafood of any kind. But I found the Crab Claw odor to be quite nice. And I put that one in my bathroom and I have a good time with that. Um, another one I enjoy is the Brick Factory, New England known for so many brick factories. You know, Nike and Adidas both started there in, in brick factories. And so there's you go to New England and you'll just see lots of, you know, restaurants, brick, brick factory kind of themed restaurants, brick factory themed, you know, auto washes, all kinds of stuff. So it was nice to jump on the bandwagon a little bit with Brick Factory. And it does smell nice, you know, musty and uh, open is what I would call it. I felt tempted to lick Brick Factory. Something I about it. <laughs> well yeah i get I, you though i hear you i hear you it is yeah. a good smell for me candles candles are romantic candles are satanic sometimes candles are beautiful uh new england candles specifically offer a variety of highly scented candles man oh this is easy for new england candles i absolutely love 
new rubber. This is like a new car scent, but it's for your whole home. It's incredible. Yeah, and, and we actually got a chance to both try the new rubber candle. Uh, that is the only candle that we both actually tried, so we're going to take uh, an opportunity to review the new rubber uh, candle. Uh, specifically, we're going to do the Machaster uh, new rubber because you can get new rubber New England candles anywhere but Machaster is the brand that we're uh, going to actually rate right now. Uh, Brandon what did you think of the Machaster new rubber New England candle? This is one of my favorite scents. It's absolutely shocking when you have guests come over and they do a, a sniff but what I like to call a double sniff where they do mm-hmm. one inhale and then they, do, they have to question what? Am I in a new car? Do another scent and then they immediately ask you what is that candle? I want one. I was so concerned when I got this that it would smell like burned rubber, um, you know, because it's rubber and then you light fire to it. So I could not like for the longest time, even sitting there smelling it, I was like waiting for the other shoe to drop and waiting for this thing to smell like burned rubber. But uh, Machaster knows their stuff, man. It does really smell like a new car. That said, it's not new car scent. It's just very akin to it. This is its own thing. Um, There's so many perfumists in the world and so many kind of subtle um, aspects of the chemistry of making smells. And this is a unique flavor for sure. Um, Yeah, and I, I enjoyed it. I can't recommend it enough. Let's rate this. All right, yeah, so the Machaster new rubber-scented candle uh, is a a New England uh, version of a candle, and uh, I got to give it uh, two points. I enjoyed the smell of it. I like it. It's a good candle. Burns well. 100%. This is a two-point candle. This is the type of candle that you can light in the morning to get pumped up. You can light at the night to relax. And personally, I bring one to work. That's two points. All right, so that is four points from the Taster, a new rubber-scented New England candle. Uh, each week I want to review, we rate and review until we get to 20 points, then we call it a day. This week is no different. This week we are telling you about the 20 modes of transportation that you should use more. Um, for my, uh, well, Brandon, how about you just start this out? Yeah, I guess we got to do this. All right, 20 modes of transportation that you should use more. I'm going to go with sleek, razor, rollerblades. These are rollerblades. They get you around so quickly nowadays. You know, often people ride bikes on the sidewalk. They simply take up way too much space. These rollerblades can really zip you in and out of the New York streets. I got another point for you. That, of course, is Dan Aykroyd's classic red sled. He's back and better than ever. This red sled can take you all through winter and maybe into summer if you go to the right places. And we actually had a chance to, uh, we were given a couple of these Dan Aykroyd Classic Red Sleds. We were asked to use them and review them, and which we said yes to them. So we are going to now uh, quickly review the Dan Aykroyd Classic Red Sled. Um, Brandon, what did you think about this sled? Yeah, this is a classic, iconic red sled. This sled has lasted me, I don't know, three or four years, and... Mm -hmm. It's better than ever, really. I think it gets better with age. You know, it just gets more and more polished and really can take you down a hill. And oftentimes, if you're just kind of pushed along a straight plane, even. Yeah. See, this is a fun sled and one that I honestly had been jealous of Brandon for quite a bit. Um, you know, you got it a few years ago. You've been bragging and talking about not bragging, but, you know, it's enjoying kick, it so much. Kickstarter thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I bless you for that, by the way. You're such a such a supporter of, of up-and-coming products in that way. Um, and I was jealous of it. And then uh, when we got a chance, when I got a chance to be sent one, and, you know, they sent us all one. Uh, but 
I had a blast on it, and I really, I feel, this is a rare, rare thing to say about Pride, I feel like I should have got it earlier. Um, you know, as soon as I was jealous of you, I should have got one. So it's rare for me to say, but like, get this product now. D don't let this be one where you're going to wait until winter, because what happens is you're like, oh, it's winter time, it's sledding time, I should get a sled, I should get a sled, I order one, and by the time you get it, it's, it's, winter's over. So I'd say get on eBay right now and find one of these Dan Aykroyd classic red sleds. I think they're also available on Amazon and Dungalows. So check those out. Uh, I mean, pick it up. It's a great sled. Good hard craftsmanship, good wood on it, nice iron. I use, can't say much more. Use uh, promo code ACATAC at Dungalows to get 20% off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, are you ready to rate Dan Aykroyd's classic red sled? Let's rate it, man. All right. I mean, uh, two points for me. Again, like I said, this is something that you should be, you should already have in your uh, little uh, shopping cart. Yeah, duh. You should have this. If you don't, what are you doing? Go buy one immediately. All right. So what do you give it? Two points? One That's point? two points. Four points total. All right, four points total for uh, Dan Aykroyd's classic Red Sled. Each week I want to review, we rate and review moves uh, in the simplest scale possible. We rate and review, we give it a one if we didn't like it, two if we did. We rate and review to the 20 points and we call it a day. Each week we have a different way of keeping track of those points. This week is no different. This week we're talking about uh, the 28 best Doritos flavors. As everyone knows, Dorito has really recently rolled out a cavalcade of different flavors you know, all over the spectrum from food truck flavors to bathroom truck stops. They've got everything there. And so we just want to drop a couple of the 20 best of the, what, 37 possible new flavors out there, something like that. Um, uh, so for my points, uh, I give two points to the Dan Aykroyd uh, Classic Red Sled. I give, um, I'm going to tell you, Dragon Fruit was an, is an excellent one of the new Doritos. Uh, as you know from past episodes or even maybe this episode, I don't remember. As you know about me, I'm a huge dragon fruit fan. I very much love this uh, Dorito. And I, I think those chemists there are very good about uh, capturing flavor. And the dragon fruit's pretty damn spot on. Um, I also liked bold meat. Um, this is, you know, when you look at the bag, it's just a hunk of meat. It doesn't look like a chicken leg. It doesn't look like a rib. It's meat flavored, which I know is vague, unsettling, but ultimately delicious. Man, Dorito is knocking it out of the park. Uh, for me, two of my favorites, I loved Wasabi Dorito. This really cleared my sinuses, and uh, I can't recommend just picking up a bag of these if you ever find that. Another uh, flavor, which caught my interest just because of the packaging itself, was the uh, All Sauced Bro. Oh, this, yeah. this flavor is multiple malt liquors all kind of poured into like a, a jungle juice sort of vibe of just beers, and then it's a Dorito flavor that... Uh, interesting flavor. Did you actually try this one? Yeah, I did. And in fact, uh, you know, we talked about this before. We might as well do it. Yeah, we okay. were both we both so, tried it. We were so intrigued by this flavor that we were like, we should review this one. So uh, we're going to take a minute here to review the All Sauced Bro Dorito. Um, Brandon, what were your first impressions of the All Sauced Bro? Beer flavor. What is yeah. that? Um, you got hops. You got cool is cool a temperature cold a temperature no it's sure. not but somehow they managed to make a chip that tastes cold when you bite into it mm -hmm. yeah i mean this thing's gross this is a gross chip no alcohol on the chip itself no alcohol on the chip and that's like if, if i had a if i had something to say about it and i do i would say that if you're gonna make an all sauced bro 
chip, I think it should have a, a little element of alcohol in there. You know, I personally don't like alcohol too much. And if I'm going to consume it, I'm consuming it to get drunk. Um, I'm not, I don't like the flavor. So for me, the, the all sauce bro chip is, you know, it's just not for me. It's, it's strong. There's, there's tones of, uh, of a whiskey kind of in there. Not even a whiskey, more like a, um, cask, wood cask. Yeah. Like yeah. just a, a very Scottish, like, you know, scotch in there, just really, and that's not very peaty. Um, and that's another thing about these chips. I would say there's no uniformity. Um, it feels like they had some of these chips taste beery, some of them taste vodka y. They're all kind of over the place, and that's just so gross to me. I really did not enjoy it. Yeah, this, let's face it, is a novelty flavor, but when you're coming out with marketing saying, hey, we have 37 new flavors. This one, admittedly, like I said, caught my eye with its packaging with a simple, you know, picture of a bunch of different alcohols being poured into a giant cauldron. So, uh, you know, maybe just buy this and uh, put it on your shelf. Someone's going to like this chip, but not me. Um, so, yeah, again, one point for me for the all sauced bro uh, Dorito. One point for me, uh, you know, maybe pick it up, but don't eat it. All right, great. So that is two points for the all-sauced bro Dorito flavored chip. Each week we rate and review in a different way. We uh, we need 20 points. We keep track of the 20 points in a different way. This week we are going to be telling you about the 20 worst things to find in your bed. Um, so from my two points, I'm going to tell you that a dead crab is a terrible thing to find in your bed. Uh, crustaceans stink horribly when they die. That's um, scary. Not only, not only that, their eyeballs don't stay in their socket. Sorry, it's gross, but I found a crab eyeball weeks after I took the crab out of my bed. So don't wake up with a crab in your bed. It's one of the worst things. They belong in the sea. Stay in the sea. Belong in the sea, man. Um, Brandon, you got a point? Sure. This may sound odd, but I actually have a story to back it up. But literally the worst thing I found in my bed was a record copy of Disturbed's Christmas covers, that like new metal band, hard metal. (laughs) Not Mm -hmm. hard, I don't know. Disturbed. Yeah. Christmas covers. This was a terrible thing to find in my bed. Yeah, um, and you were so upset by it that you sent me the copy after you had listened to it. Uh, I had a chance to listen to the record copy of Disturbed Christmas covers. Uh, we thought so. Uh, we were so intrigued by this album, so distressed possibly that we thought it would be uh, important to review it. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to review uh, the record copy of Disturbed Christmas covers. Brandon, what did you think of it? Uh, this was terrifying. I don't know how this ended up in my bed. It is such a weird, obscure thing. It is 100% legit. They did go into a studio and record this. It was only passed out to like their fan list uh, as a Christmas thing. Uh, it's in, it's so f- fucking stupid. Deck the Halls is terrible. It's stupid. Um, that was my least favorite song on there. Uh, t- there's a song about... There's a new... Uh, it's a song I didn't no before something about a star star of david song or whatever just disrespectful this album felt disrespectful to the holiday yeah christmas is the time for loved ones you want to put on put on records that brings families closer together you don't want to start a mosh pit at christmas time what do you think yeah it honestly felt like this this album feels like it sows seeds of discontent in your your christmas celebration i played it for my family we were we didn't get in a fight but there was a general kind of funk and malaise that kind of fell over us all while we were opening presents um i do not recommend this album no uh let's rate this 
Yeah, I gave in uh, Disturbs Christmas covers uh, the record version of it. I'm, I'm sure it's no better on CD. It's no better MP3, but specifically the vinyl of uh, Disturbed Christmas covers gets one fucking point for me. Uh, one point. Like I said, this was terrifying to find in my bed. You should be terrified if you find this anywhere in your vicinity. One point. Great. That is two points for yes. Disturbed uh, vinyl Christmas covers. Each week I want to review we rate until we get to 20 points and we call it a day. We have a different way of keeping track of those points each week. This week is no different. Today we're going to be telling you about our uh, 20 favorite Patreon donors because they are so important to us. Um, I will start for my one point. I would like to say... Uh, uh, Ryan Ferrara, uh, he's been donating a dollar to us for a very long time. That dollar helps us out in immense, wonderful ways. Um, and he's definitely one of, if not my favorite, uh, Patreon donor. Thank you, Ryan Ferrara. And for my one point, I'm going to have to say my favorite Patreon donor is Rap. Rap, you're Ooh. the man. You've been here since like day one since we started our Patreon. It's been an amazing voyage. Thank you for your undying support. Um, I know Alex has been also receiving the support at the same time. Alex, should we just review Rab's Undying Support for the past yeah, 99 episodes? Would, yeah, I think it would be incredibly appropriate to review uh, Rab's work that he has done for us, which is, you know, a ton of money that he's given to us. And I fucking really appreciate it, Rab. I don't know who you are. I would love to meet you someday, but I really appreciate it. This thing has been such a blast to do, and we really couldn't do it without your help. So thank you so much, Rab. I, uh, if I had to rate Rab's support, I'd give it two fucking solid points. The two biggest points I've ever given. Oh, yeah. 100% Rab. You get my strongest two points. You've been a huge support. Thank you, Rab. Two points. Great. That is four, four points. points for our favorite Patreon donor, uh, Rab himself. Uh, it was nice to review there. there. Um, each week I went to review. We rate review until we get to 20 points, and we call it a day we keep track of those points in a different way. Uh, this week with the four points for Rab, we're going to be uh, telling you about 20 movies that we will be reviewing next week on the podcast. Um, so for my uh, two points for Rab, I'm going to tell you about um, – uh, I am looking forward to reviewing Yummy Yummy Belly Belly and Tummy Yummy. I think that's going to be an excellent film that stars the two Dolgies brothers and also I think Chris Kattan's in there too. It looks like a very fun film. And uh, for my second point, I'm very excited next week to be reviewing Grey's Anatomy, the movie. A uh, huge, huge fan of the show. I have my other podcast that is dedicated exclusively to it called Grey's Amonity. Um, that is my own thing. You can also find that on our webpage there. But if you're a huge fan of the show, check it out. And I I'm very excited to see the movie. You stole my point, but I knew you would because I know you're such a fan. Uh, I'm going to say for my two points for rap, I'm going to say next week, I'm very excited to see Bubble Pop. This is a video game re reimagining uh, in a movie about uh, Bubble Bobble. So I'm excited to see that. I'm also very excited to see Quaaludes. Mm -hmm. Very cool film. Um, Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening this week. We hope to see you next week on One to Review. Thanks. Bye. Bye.